From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, May 27th. Helicopter tours in the sky space of national parks have been a source of controversy across the West for many years now. Just recently, the Teton County Board of Commissioners and the town of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, passed unanimous bans on commercial air tours over Grand Teton National Park. The newly adopted resolutions come less than a year after a private company started operating scenic helicopter tours in the area. But as Kyle Mackey with our partners at KHOL reports, those flights aren't likely to stop anytime soon. The Jackson Town Council got at least 25 emails supporting a ban on scenic flights over the park during the week leading up to the May 17th meeting when the new resolution was adopted. The messages came from a range of community stakeholders, including Jackson resident Mike Halloran. Well, I think it's absurd, and I don't know what planet the FAA lives on that it permits heli tours in a precious national park. Halloran's comment cuts to the heart of the issue when it comes to commercial air tours over Grand Teton National Park. Neither local government nor the park itself has the authority to ban them. Commercial air tours are managed by the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. So the town and county actions are largely symbolic, as was confirmed by Jackson Town Attorney Leah Colaswano during the recent no more meeting. Than symbolic. It expresses your, you know, community's statement in terms of being the elected officials for the community about the air tour issue in the community. Despite their lack of authority, local leaders say they're opposed to the tours because of documented negative impacts like noise pollution, wildlife disturbances, and potential safety hazards. County Commissioner Luther Probst also echoes the worries of many area residents when he says he's concerned not just about one operator, but the bigger picture down the road. I've spent time in Hawaii, on Kauai, and Maui, and Molokai, where the helicopter business has become a, a, a big industry. And um, I'm concerned that, that if we can't find a way to regulate or to prohibit helicopters, that we're going to wind up with another amusement park type activity that has impacts on wildlife and that has impacts on every other form of outdoor recreation. I feel like I have a right to operate those tours as much as anybody else, as much as the river rafters, as much as the wildlife tours and vans, as much as the snowshoe guides, the, the mountain guides, I mean, all the above. Tony Chambers is the founder and helicopter pilot of Wind River Air LLC, which he started in 2018. He says scenic flights now make up about a third of his business and that he tries to concentrate the tours he operates from the Jackson Hole Airport to just a couple of days per week. Even so, Chambers' Red Robinson R-44 helicopter is becoming a familiar sight to area residents like Ryan Dorgan of Kelly, who captured multiple videos of a red helicopter flying over Grand Teton National Park between July and December 2020. This audio is used with permission from both Dorgan and the Jackson Hole News and Guide. And can you tell me about who your typical clients are for those scenic flights? Um, so the typical client is a mixture of uh, visitors and locals. Contrary to popular belief, it's not like the, the rich and famous that can afford to do these flights. It's actually just normal people, kind of normal everyday people that are on vacation. And it's a bucket list item, something that they want to do, and, and they do it in their tickle pink. Chambers says he estimates that about 20% of his clients are locals. But there's also plenty of local opposition to his business. 
As of Monday, 2,542 people have signed the Jackson Hole Conservation Alliance's Heli No petition opposing the tours, according to the Alliance's Conservation Program Manager, Chelsea Carson. The goal of the campaign is to permanently ban heli tours over the park through congressional legislation. There's a lot of steps involved. So um, I would say I'm very hopeful. And the fact that we have the town and county resolution, the fact that we have really large community engagement and opposition on this issue, I think that we're setting ourselves up really well. But that's there, it's just a little early to say how this is all going to play out. Too early, in part, because Chambers' permit to continue operating scenic flights was just renewed for another year in April by the Jackson Hole Airport Board. But the board also chastised Chambers for what they said were clear departures from the flight pass he agreed to fly in and out of the airport, which is located within the park and the only part of the park Chambers is authorized to fly over. The board president also cited alleged violations of Grand Teton's request that chambers fly above 2,000 feet while in park airspace. Bob McLaurin is the lone member of the airport board who voted against the permit extension. I voted against it because I looked at the flight tracks that had been flown, um, and my understanding of that data that was presented by our president, John Eastman, I didn't feel I could, could vote for it because he hadn't done what he said he was going to do. Chambers says there's no merit to the claims that he's flying over the park more than necessary for his scenic tours. That's because there are different rules for different kinds of flights. How can you or the airport board distinguish the different flights that I perform? How do you know it's a scenic flight versus a ferry flight versus an instructional flight? You don't. McLaurin says Chambers has a point there, but that there's also some evidence the pilot's behavior has improved since he was reprimanded by the board. My understanding is he's not flying over the park nearly as much since uh, we had that conversation at the airport board. Chambers says he's not interested in developing an air tour management plan with the FAA and the National Park Service, which would be required for him to fly over more of the park. But the other federal land his scenic tours fly over, he says, like the National Elk Refuge and parts of the Bridger Teton, aren't subject to that kind of protection. Over non-wilderness forest, there is no altitude requirements, no other, no other regulations. And that's regulated by the FAA. It's not regulated by the forces. The FAA declined KHOL's interview request for this story. The administration also declined to say how many noise or other complaints it's gotten related to Wind River Air through the FAA hotline. The town says there's been at least six violations over the park, which Chambers disputes. My record with the FAA is squeaky clean, zero violations on any kind of level, any kind of activity. And my safety record is squeaky clean with no incidents, no accidents, no, no nothing. The FAA has also told the airport board that revoking or denying a renewal permit for Chambers would automatically trigger an investigation. That could potentially jeopardize about $132 million in FAA funding for the airport, according to the News & Guide. In short, local residents like Halloran could be left frustrated for a while, but that doesn't mean they may not try to take matters into their own hands. I would say that there are citizens in Jackson um, who have sufficient money to do this and are considering litigation against them as we speak. Interesting. Are you one of those people? I am. Another outcome short of federal legislation that the Conservation Alliance is hoping might be a possibility is that Chambers will voluntarily stop his scenic flights in the face of vocal community opposition. He says that's not likely. I live here. I operate here. 
business is just fine. I don't, there's no reason whatsoever for me to want to walk away. Kyle Mackey, KHOL News. This story comes from our partners at KHOL in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You can learn more about this issue in the show notes of our news today on our website and podcast. And that's the news for Thursday, May 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.